um, so when pastor sent me a message uh, this week and said, um, he will usually say you will eat prayer between this time and this time. This time around he said, you will start the service and then pray for what God will have you do. I go, ah, okay, this is a blank, t- this is a blank check. You know, what do I do? Okay, so I'm like, of course, like, how do you start service with preaching or teaching? But as it is, I told him this morning, I said, Pastor, Shabby, you said uh, I should go and pray. Okay, I'm not praying. I, like, I'm not going to start service by praying. You said go pray and whatever God tells you to do, you do. So, so we shall start the service this morning by teaching. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the living Jesus. Um, one of the strong things for me this week that's been like ranging in my heart is I'm very careful when I'm, you know, okay, the first thing I would say is this. Um, there was a word that came from this period um, a couple of weeks ago, and it said this church, this London church, is not a church, it's not a normal church, as it were. We're not a church of people that come to church. We are a people that minister unto each other. So we are apostles and prophets as our members, not, you know, pastors, the prophets, minister, evangelists, uh, apostles, and all that. Like, there are giftings in our midst. And if we notice, I was telling mommy, like, <laughs> I played at one of our services. Like, this, this place is, you know, uh, is a little bit different from, you know, the conventional. And she's like, ah, okay. So I'm like, oh yeah, mommy, uh, let's watch one of our, <laughs> one of our services. So we, <laughs> we sat down, and I had to disappear from that place because I told her, I said, I don't want this to turn to do into NIVG. <laughs> you know, in the house, I'm like, okay. <laughs> At this point, me, I will leave you. I will leave you here so that you not say, ah, um, transmission, you know, transmission of power, and then we do now start and all that. And all. but I say that to say that the workings of God in our midst, you know, as as this church, you we could tell that there's a peculiarity, right? And you can also feel like there's. And I'm not saying this so that I can just feel feel words and just you know spend my time and disappear from here. But we, we all can tell. Um, my wife didn't come to church um, two Sundays ago. And that was the Sunday where we had the slain in the spirit. And she caught it. And I came back from the, I mean, from the church that Sunday. And she's like, babe, it happened again. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And it's so interesting because even our son, she had my wife, you know, get in the Holy Spirit. And the guy started shouting. The guy's three months old. Okay. I'm like, okay. I didn't make any comments, so I just like, okay, okay. You know, it is it is what it is, <laughs> you know. Um, and these experiences are not normal. We will know that those are these are not normal. So my point is all of that to say that there's something God is doing in our midst and it is being intensified, right? It's not God is not just doing this for the sake of doing it, it's because He is is molding us into what He wants us to be. And so, um, there was, there's been one word that's been like recurring in my heart um, throughout the week. And usually, you know, at least for me, I will have a week where there's this recurring theme that just keep, you know. So I talk to somebody and that thing comes up, you know, um, listen to a message and that's about the only thing. That's like what I can get from that message and things like that. And 
that one thing for me is um, is a verse in the Bible. It says um, is is um, you know is about the children of Issachar who had understandings of understanding of time and seasons. Can we open our Bibles to um, First Chronicles chapter twelve, verse thirty-two? First Chronicles chapter twelve, verse thirty-two. First Chronicles twelve thirty-two. Okay, so this was where you know um, David was putting his army together, right? And so they were they were giving us the description of the kind of people that you know David had, right? Um, and the Bible says, uh, First Chronicles chapter twelve verse thirty-two. It says, and of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. And so for me, that is the standout, you know, that is the standout um, line. It says, which were men, one, that had understandings of the times to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200 and all their brethren were at their commandment. See, I, if you, I got this from Mais Moreau, right? And there's a little bit of violence about the kingdom of God. Let me not use the word violence. But there's a, there's a bit of force. It's not a bit. You have to look at the Bible, like all through. There's a force behind the kingdom. Because the kingdom of God, force is about dominion. It's like an army, right? And, that, and, and in Joel, we see the army of God, right? We say the army of God, you know. And, you know, the army of God riding. It's like, so there's a... There's a there's a structure to how the military, and I have a little bit of, you know, experience as, um, you know, suffices to say that I spent six years in the barrack, so I kind of understand, you know, the military. But there's a kind of structure in kingdom that just makes things effective. There's a structure in the army that makes things effective. And so, that's, if, you look at, if you look at the way God leads his people as well, there's a definite structure to how God does his things part-time. You miss that structure. Like every time, in fact, every time there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, is it a disorientation? I will call it now. Every time there's a disconstruct is when we have problems. Back to what we were studying in the Bible study over the week, which was, you know, in the times when there was no king in Israel. And everybody did what? They did what they thought was what? Right in their midst. That means that God did not give it to man, as it were, to be structureless. He himself is a God of order. He himself is a god of structures. Last, last, God is a military man. Maybe not like that in that definition. But God is a god of structures because he's a god, he's a, he's a king's rule with structures, right? I mean, have you ever seen a king that, let's look at our queen here now. There's one that, they, they, they call it royal protocol, Abby. There's a, there's a way they do their things, you know, step by step. There's a time they will wave their hands to the public. There's a time they will fight themselves. Person that's supposed to, the person that's supposed to go to the, you know, to go first knows. The person that needs to come last knows and all that and all that. There's a structure to, to the kingdom of men. That is a mirror of the kind of structure we have in the kingdom. This verse says, the heads of them were 200 and their brethren were at their commandment. But the key thing for me that stands out is that it says, the children of Issachar, which were men, first men, not children, not people, men that had understandings of the times to know what Israel needs to do part-time. It seems to me, brothers and sisters, that 
God is in need. God is always in need of men and women. Matured. And we'll go to the book of Hebrews because Paul says something about that. And let's, let's go to the book of Hebrews. Um, praise the Lord. Um, Hebrews chapter... Um, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. I will tie that back into where we just read. But let's go to Hebrews chapter 5, verse Hebrews 5, um, 13. Sorry, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. He said, Hebrews 5, 14. Are we there? Praise the Lord, are we there? Hallelujah. It uh, says, but strong meat belong to them that are of what? That are of what? Full. Did he say children? Did he say kids? Strong meat are for what? Are, are, are belong to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of their use have their senses exercised to, to discern what? Both good and what? Evil. Hallelujah. Those who by use have their senses what? Exercised to discern what? Both good and evil. Praise the Lord. So we tie this back into the children of Issachar and you understand why those guys are to be what? Men, not children. So that means that, I mean, that, that does tell you that there's a, again, it, go, it comes back to this thing of, like I said, of, of structure, right? There's a, there's, a, there's a place of, it is that God does not, we don't see God in his fullness until men are ready. Or, let me put it this way, we don't see God in, in his fullness until men become men, matured, of age. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is not preaching. This is, um, this is admonition. This is me doing what pastor said I should do. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not a pastor. Um, so please, just forgive my lack of coherence. But, you know, if you go back to that children of Issachar, the, the reason why they could tell what Israel ought to do part-time is because they were, they were men. They are trained, skilled men. Hallelujah. So we take that back into our church, as it were, and we can tell that the workings of God in our midst is to make us what? Men. Full men. But that is, is you know, that is on one side. The thing, the, the major thing I want to talk, actually like um, discuss is this thing of discernment. Because for us to stand in the gap for our country, we need to have discernment of the time and the season of our country. To, for us to stand, you know, in the gap for situations there's a there's a need to understand there's a need to know that and, and yeah that is the word there's a need to know there's a knowing to say this is the right time for this that is the right time like let's wait a bit i'll give an example praise the lord not be like this are structural ammo but this is how it is coming so my notes i had notes you know as per responsible human being that i am I have a note, you know. But I'm talking now and, yeah, I'm talking from my note, but it's not organized at all. It's just jumping up and down. Uh, praise the Lord. But the knowledge of knowing what to do part-time. So we we'll go back to, um, there's this story of David, um, 1 Samuel chapter 30, right, verse 7. The Amalekites have come, you know, they've raided the whole place, and, you know, they've taken everything that belongs to him, right? 
And what did David do? Let's go to First Samuel, uh, First Samuel chapter thirty. First Samuel chapter thirty. First Samuel chapter thirty, um, verse seven. Uh, by the way, before we get to verse 7, uh, let's. Uh, so let's start with verse 3. It says So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burnt, burned with fire, and their wives, and their sons, and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their, their voice, and they wept until they had no more power to weep, grown men. And they wept until they had no more power to weep. I read this place and I'm like, how does a grown man cry so much that the Bible recorded and said they had no power left? Like, what they've, they've cried, they were done. Like, they were done, right? But what did David then do? Because we're talking about discernment, right? We're talking about discernment, right? What did David then do? A grown man, a man that has been trained in the army of God himself. What did this gentleman, is he gentle? What did this gentleman do? And David said unto Abiathar the priest, you know, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod, um, the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither to David. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue. I'll leave the answer. The act that David, the, the engagement. I, I did a curious, and I'm very wrong about this. I did a very curious um, you know, search of the Bible. Like, how many times David inquired of the Lord? It seems this man has, has made an habit of inquiring from the Lord. So I did a quick search, and I, I, I counted straight up eight times. Like, I don't even know if there are more. And David inquired of the Lord. And David inquired of the Lord. And David inquired, I, I, Ross, you want to monopolize God? It seems to me that he, was, he inquired of God more than any other king in the Bible. So, and you, if you notice, there's a precision about the operation of David. Right? There's a precision about the, the operation of David. As a man trained in the army of God. You know, I was, so let's, let's start tying this back because pastor didn't give me two hours to preach. You know, so let, let's start tying this back. We talked about structure, God's kingdom, God's operation. We've talked about men, the way men are supposed to be. We, the children of Issachar, the understanding of times are season. But more importantly is that they were men. So we go back to Hebrew and see that these men are men who by reason of use. Hallelujah. So, we, we look at the life of David and we see this guy is always inquiring. So, what is the relation between inquiring of the Lord, being a mature man, and having discernment? Isn't it just straightforward? To have discernment and understand times and seasons, we have to go back to the secret place. It's always like that. And I was saying that there's a precision about the way David operated. It's not, it's not a coincidence that this guy was the most successful king in Israel. You know, there's a pattern. <laughs> I used to say things that even 
in secular life, in the normal day-to-day life, if I want to repeat pastor's success, all I need to do is look at him critically and understand the principles and values by which he lives his life. If I can manage that, I will replicate his experiences. Do you notice that, I don't know if you have noticed, if you are with a person that is prophetic, if you stay with them long enough with open heart, you start to get droppings of prophetic. Why? Have you ever noticed it? If you are in a pastoral, if you are in a church of a person that teaches, you will start getting droppings. Look at uh, Pastor Busina. You know, you start getting droppings of, why is that? If you are in the, in the church of an evangelist, there is a, there's a, why? Because if you, if you, if you, if you absorb the values of a person long enough, you begin to come into their experiences. And it is the same in, like, these are just principles in the Bible, in, I mean, spiritual principles that even if a non-unbeliever comes into them, they will explain the same thing. Why is it that Ghanaians, Ghanaians, Ghana, Ghana people, can easily come into the prophetic? It's because there are droppings of the prophetic around them. So whether they're now genuine or not is a different, is, is a different thing entirely. So if I'm going to replicate my pastor's results, all I need to do is to be able to see, to understand these values and principles, and I'll come to those experiences. I have had people, you know, you take a person, you model them. You might not get to the height of their result, but you will experience some of the things that they experience. It is a natural law. So what am I saying in essence, going back to where we're coming from, is because we have a responsibility to be able to stand in the gap part time to know what God, is, what God is doing part-time, to understand when times are changing and to know what we need to do part-time. It seems to me, because I've had, I've had experiences where I will know, like I'm in a season for something, and I don't usually need a prophet to tell me. If I miss that season, I know. I tell my wife sometimes, these last two weeks, I, there was this, I just had this insane, Deep level of, I was going to say insane, but deep level of clarity on what I needed to do. And in that time frame, the things I struggled with for two months in like two days. And I told her like, this season, Biko, please, it don't come. Like, I can feel it. And after that two days, I told her yesterday, I'm like, I'm struggling again. So, when we miss seasons, we have to labor to get them. So how do we not miss seasons? Is by having discernment. How do we have discernment? Secret, secret place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, my words might not be coming as apostolic we deliver it. Um, but I, I, I trust God that we he has opened our eyes. My note is still, I still have a few things I have written down, but Things are not going that way anyway, so we'll just... So this is a good place to wrap it up. Honestly speaking, I have more to say, but I think this is a good place to... to, to, to okay, Pastor said that I can say a little bit more. It's not for time. He, did it, he really did give me time. But when what you are saying is done, you stop. But I, I have a, I have a, I have a um, deep... Uh, I don't know how to put the word now where I, I, I just feel like this thing of discernment, knowing what we need to do part-time, and it cuts across every area of our life. And the life of David just stands out. The most successful king in Israel. 
and David inquired of the Lord. And David inquired of the... To the point of... Let's go back and read now. Because look at the question this gentleman is asking. I'm not sure I've asked God, God, God like that before. He said, Shall I pursue after the troop? One. Shall I overtake them? Two. Ah, if it was me, Tim. God, shall I pursue? Timothy Ball? Yes, right. <laughs> Let's do what? Let's pursue. But he was like, no, no. There's an accuracy with his operation. It's not just to pursue. The key thing is to actually accomplish. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to anybody? Does that make sense to anybody? It is not just to pursue. It is that we, we come into accuracy. And that is always the, the, the striving, the, the strive of every man to come into accuracy of what God is doing, what God wants to do part time. Hallelujah. He said, and, and he answered, pursue, that shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. Somebody say, confidence in the word of God. Confidence in the word of God. So that the guy had enough patience to say, should I pursue? Will I overcome? He said, <laughs> not only will you overtake them, he said, for thou shalt overtake them without fail, recover what? Recover all. And the Bible says, and David went and he and his 600 men that were with him and they, you know, and all that and all that. And they did what? They got there, they overtook them, and they took all back. Hallelujah. Um, one last thing I'm going to say, because if you look at the Bible, if you look at the Bible, you know, in different areas, you see where men and women you know, exercise a deep level of discernment for, they just could know. One of the examples that stood out to me was the story of the Shinama woman um, to, um, with Elijah, you know, um, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. Let's, let's quickly read that, please. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. 2 Kings 4, verse 8. Um, and it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shiman Shinem, where there was a great woman, and she constrained him to heat. And so it was that as often as oft, as often as he passed by, he turned in either to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, behold, I did what? Please, behold, I what? I perceive. In other words, I what? It'd be like I said, some, there's something about this man. I perceive the what? That this is an holy man of God, which passeth us by continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick, and it shall be, when he cometh to us, that he shall turn in either. And it fell on the day that he came there, and all that, and all that. And, and the prophet said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this woman. And when she had called, when he had called her, she stood before him and he said unto her, you know, and he said, say now unto her, behold, that had been careful for us and all that and all that. And the Elijah, I mean, the prophet said, give her a blank check. What do you want? And she's like, you know, very holy woman. I, I, I want for nothing, you know, I, I don't need, you know, I don't need, kilo what do you want? And he had to take the servant to go and tell the prophet and say, this woman that is forming holy for you, sir, she doesn't have a son. Hallelujah. Right? We are not talking about the woman, you know, and I'm not mocking her by enemies, but, you know, and then the prophet said, this time, 
this season, next year. Accuracy. But for me, let's leave the prophet. The prophet is operating. It is what, what, what was... That, that woman couldn't have been the only person that was seeing Elijah walk every day. In the whole of the land, it's unlikely that she was the only person that saw Elijah walk. So what was it about her that said, I perceive that this... And I'm not quite sure that Elijah was walking, walk, I mean, was walking and walking miracles and, you know, publicizing, publicizing himself. So he had to take something deep for her to connect and say, there's something about this man. I perceive... And there, there, in that understanding of, in, in discernment, is usually where the, miracle, the miraculous lies. Hallelujah. In discernment is usually where the miraculous lies. If you look at it in the Bible, like it's always that man that was blind now, that man that was blind by the side, put me on the side. When Jesus is passing, perhaps he will see me, Abby, and probably have what? Mercy on me. There is something, so it's like having discernment is not just for, you know, knowing what to do. It's actually understanding, it's actually, it's about accuracy really. You know, understanding what God is doing and man being ready. So when you know what God is doing and man is ready, there's a level of accuracy that you match in that season that you don't match in any other season. Hallelujah. we just wrap it, wrap it up here by praying this prayer and say, Father, in the name of Jesus. And that will, that, this will form the basis of our prayer this morning, actually. Like, God, Father, in the name of Jesus, as a church. Because, again, it goes back to what God has said about us. We are not ordinary, you know, is, we are not just an ordinary church. We are not just an ordinary people. You know, we are, we are, a, people, we are a church of prophets and apostles and evangelists and, you know, the, the gift of the Spirit is manifesting in our, in our, in our midst. And, of course, the fruit of the Spirit is manifesting in our midst. Let's pray that Father, sharpen my discernment in the name of Jesus. Father, sharpen my discernment in the name of Jesus. Sharpen my discernment in the name of Jesus. I was going to say, it, you know, as part of the things that I didn't um, mention, is the, the, the accuracy and the prophetic. But maybe someday, 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 we have an opportunity to get into that. But Father, sharpen my discernment. That I can work, that I may work in accuracy of what you want me to do part time. The accuracy of what you are doing around me, the accuracy of what you are doing within me, that I may work in accuracy part time in the name of Jesus. Let's pray that prayer. The Father, sharpen my accuracy, sharpen my discernment in the name of Jesus. Sharpen my discernment in the name of Jesus that can work in accuracy of what you are doing part-time in the name of Jesus. Father, sharpen my, sharpen my discernment. Father, sharpen my discernment in the name of Jesus. Father, sharpen my discernment in the name of Jesus that I may walk in accuracy in the name of Jesus. Sharpen my discernment, O oh Lord, that I may walk in accuracy in the name of Jesus. Father, sharpen my discernment, O oh Lord, that I may walk in accuracy. Sharpen my discernment, O oh Lord, that I may walk in accuracy. Sharpen my discernment, O oh Lord, that I may walk in accuracy of your will for my life in the name of Jesus. That like the sons of Issachar, I will know what I need to do for the sons. So, because the sons of Issachar were not just useful for themselves alone. Because that knowledge was enough for them. But the Bible said that they knew what Israel ought to do part-time. They knew what Israel ought to do 
every time. Sharpen my accuracy, oh Lord, that I will know what I need to do for myself and what I need to do to the people that depend on me, to the church that depends on me, to the community that depends on me, to the society that depends on me, oh Lord. Help me to, to walk in accuracy in the name of, sharpen my discernment, oh Lord, so I can walk in accuracy that I may know what I need to do because there's a, there's a burden, there's, a burden, there's an expectation upon us as sons and daughters of God that we can, you know, we can, we can be the voice of God for people around us. We can be the voice of God for people in our community, for people in our lives. Like, Father, help me, O Lord. Sharpen my discernment, Father, in the name of Jesus, that we walk in accuracy. Sharpen my discernment, O Lord, that we walk in accuracy, in the name of Jesus, Father.